Super Talk Mississippi media production. One more opponent preview to go on today's show, so we go back to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline and talk to Mitchell Forty, who covers the Missouri Tigers for PowerMizzou.com. That's the rival site up there in Columbia. You know, I feel year in and year out, there's not a team in the SEC I know less about than Missouri. So let's start with, you know, the year two of Eli Drinkwitz up there. What was the first impression of him from Tiger fans? Did they feel like 2020, or sorry, 2020 was a a successful season? Is it sort of, you know, we're still wait and see, or were they disappointed? I think it was a very positive impression. I think the majority of fans are pretty happy. Um, You know, Missouri did go 5-5, and but, you know, coming into the season, the expectations, frankly, were, were lower than that. You know, they were replacing a new starting quarterback, new head coach, really, you know, new coaching staff, um, and had lost a lot from, from the year before. So, um, you know, obviously all, all SEC schedule drawing Alabama and LSU out of the West before the season, I think a lot of people were thinking two and three wins might be uh, about what to expect. But, you know, going five and five and beating LSU got people pretty excited. And then Drinkwitz and his staff, and his staff have really recruited well, and so they've carried over some of that, uh, some of that excitement going into this season. I feel like Connor Bazelak was a very pleasant surprise for Missouri fans and maybe for SEC fans, a guy that you didn't know much about uh, coming into the year. He ended up being one of the, the better young quarterbacks in this conference, and there's quite a few of them to, uh, to pick from. How much uh, can he improve uh, in this season? Yeah, he was definitely a surprise. I mean, he didn't even start the season for Missouri last year. And honestly, I think, I think the potential is there for him to improve a lot and, and to really take a big jump, which would be welcome for Missouri fans, which he was already pretty good last season. But, you know, he's not had an offseason at Missouri yet. He was a true freshman in 2019 um, when he ended up starting one game, the very last game of the season. Then he tore his ACL, and we had COVID last offseason. So he was rehabbing during the spring practices and workouts Missouri got, you know, in, in March, and then um, didn't really get to start practicing with the team until everyone did around, you know, mid-August, I think it was. So um, I think having a full offseason as the starter and working with Eli Drinkwitz uh, could really benefit him. And, uh, you know, the, the one area specifically where he showed some room for growth is connecting on some downfield passes. Because he was pretty good at, you know, hitting timing routes. He, he made decent decisions. He was pretty accurate on shorter passes, but kind of struggled to stretch the field. So if you add that dimension to Missouri's offense, it would certainly help every while. Obviously, the, the biggest uh, loss for Missouri is Larry Roundtree the third, one of the better running backs in the SEC, not just last year, but over the past, you know, over his entire career. Uh, in, in Columbia, who has to step into that role for them this year and be that workhorse? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be more than one guy. I mean, workhorse really is—it's an overused term, but he—he he really was the definition of a workhorse. He averaged, I think, 21 carries a game last year. He had 37 carries in, in one of the games, and he was like that—you know—throughout his college career. It's very durable. So, Tyler Beatty is the guy who will probably, you know, see his—you know—become more of the number one back. He's been a, a compliment each of the past few seasons, and he's been good at it. He's a very good pass catcher. Um, he's explosive. He, he's quick. He's good when you get him the ball in space. He can run between the tackles, but there are definitely questions about how he could hold up, um, you know, being an every-down type of back. And so I think there will definitely be a need to have probably two other guys who are, are willing and able to, to kind of carry the load. And honestly, not entirely sure who that's going to be at this point. Um, Elijah Young was a true freshman last season who played a little bit, but he's also a little bit of a smaller back. Sidney Bakari is a, a rising, uh, well, third-year player. I know everyone's eligibility is screwed up, but third-year player who's uh, – <laughs> Who's, who's played sparingly, and they're, they're bringing in a couple of true freshmen this year, and, and I think at least one of them, you could see them uh, potentially get some carries as well. 
When Mississippi State got to see Missouri at the end of the year last year, the Tigers were just decimated on defense. I, I recall was a backup quarterback was starting at safety for the Tigers in, in that game. What, what does the Tiger defense look like this year? Obviously, they're going to have to be better because it looks like this team is going to be pretty good offensively, but defensively, that, that, to me, that's where the questions are. Yeah, I think definitely defense is more of a question. Um, they did you know, replace a lot of the defensive staff in the offseason. Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator, left for Illinois. Drinkwitz hired Steve Wilkes, a former uh, NFL head coach and defensive coordinator, who everyone is certainly excited about. You know, it's unique to, to get a guy with NFL head coaching experience to come be a college defensive coordinator. Um, you know, but that's, uh, there, there are definitely some question marks. I mean, we saw at the end of last season, like you said, what Missouri's um, defensive backfield looked like without uh, Josh Bledsoe and Tyree Gillespie, both of whom are three-year starters who are going to the NFL. Um, and they lost Jarvis Ware, who was, he was a corner who was already out for that game, but he transferred, had another quarterback transfer as well. So they did bring in some guys in the secondary. They brought in two transfers from Tulsa, which had a good pass defense last year. But I think there's definitely uh, potential for some growing pains there in the back end with a couple of new starting safeties and probably um, starting at least one transfer at cornerback. When I look at Missouri's schedule, if you just give it the quick once-over, I mean, this looks like it could very easily be an eight-win kind of team. If some, if some things break their way, they could go to nine. But at the same time, they don't have the star power to just count anything as a, as a give-me-win. It could end up being a six, seven-win team. What, what is your expectation for this Tiger team, and what, what are Missouri fans expecting from this season? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I think it's, it's like a lot of seasons we see where there's, there's you know, probably three or four games you definitely expect Missouri to win, two or three games you definitely expect them to lose, and the rest are all kind of toss-ups, and it just depends how they can do in that toss-up category. Um, you know, I, I think that the floor for the team is probably about five and seven. Worse than that would be pretty disappointing. Like the schedule's not that tough. You've got, you know, three easy wins in the non-conference, and the fourth game at Boston College is you know, tough, but win a bowl. And you should definitely beat Vanderbilt, and you should probably beat South Carolina this year. That's five. Um, but at the other end of the spectrum, definitely don't see them winning at Georgia. Would be pretty surprised if they beat Texas A&M at home, and then they will certainly be probably a you know two-score underdog or so to Florida, at least if that game was early in the season at home. So um, in the middle there, it, it just kind of depends, uh, you know, how they handle the swing games. You've got you know at Kentucky early in the season. Um, you know that that Missouri Kentucky are always they always seem to play close games. And that was kind of Barry Odom's undoing. He lost to them four years in a row, but they're always similar. You know, you play Tennessee, play Arkansas at the end of the season. So, um, and then the Boston College game I mentioned. I, I think a reasonable expectation is probably seven and five. That's where I've set the, the bar right now for, you know, pretty good. And anything better than that would be a really good season. There are certainly some fans, and they're probably more of the vocal fans um, that, you know, you're hearing talk of this could be eight and four, nine and three type of season. But I, I just would be surprised they would have to, like you said, really have some things break right in order to hit those marks. Should be an interesting year up in Columbia and year two uh, of the Drinkwitz era up there. This, this program, it feels like it's on the rise, but at the same time in the SEC East with Georgia there and Florida, uh, I don't know how far they can rise. So there'll be somebody uh, interesting for me to watch. Uh, Mitchell Forty, thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.